Hello, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. If this is the first time you have hit play on this podcast, it is called Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. I'm the proud host of this. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs and I'm also an ambassador for Endometriosis Australia who do amazing work creating awareness and raising funds for education to help those endo warriors, the one in nine affected by this disease. Now, Sunday, May 9, 2021, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everyone who did celebrate. It's a fantastic day where we go and show our appreciation for our mums, those mother figures in our lives, such as stepmums, relatives, guardians, maybe a foster mum, a carer, close family and friends. You could celebrate a firm mum. It's totally up to you how you celebrate this day. I thought for this podcast, why not get my mum on? So I'd love to introduce you to my amazing mother. Her name is Barbara Mobs. She's a retired nurse with over 40 years experience working as a midwife, an oncology nurse in so many other units. She's a loving wife. She's a grandmother. She's a beautiful mum to my brother and I. And if you know her as a friend or ever actually met my mum, you know how special this woman is. I'm so proud that I get to call her my mum. She's a massive advocate for endometriosis as well, and she's really shaped who I am today. She's helped me through it because she's actually experienced living with endo herself, and she's going to tell us all about her experience, what it was like as a mum to see her daughter go through it, and how she's helped change the endo warriors in Australia. Please enjoy this special podcast for Mother's Day. It's my mum. Now, I have worked in the media biz in radio for a very long time, and I don't think I've ever actually had my mum on the air or interviewed her. So, mum, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is a real privilege, Ellie. Um, this is, well, this is slightly weird <laughs> to be interviewing my very own mum, but I thought for Mother's Day, actually in my world, Mother's Day is every single day, and you should all be celebrated, no matter what kind of mum you are, um, whether you're a carer, a stepmum, uh, whatever, fur mum. Everyone should be celebrated, but I thought that it'd be really great to get my mum on for this week to talk all things endometriosis because she has an amazing story. Um, you are an endo warrior. Endometriosis, when were you first introduced to it? Probably the actual word in my mid-20s, but I actually had symptoms way sooner than that. Around about the age of 14, I started to have really uncomfortable periods and my mum, as you know, I've got two, you've got two aunties, um, so two older sisters, and they had actually had issues with their periods. And I guess mum just sort of normalised the whole pain issue. Mm. And I remember probably about 15 going to the GP with mum, feeling exceedingly embarrassed, having to talk about periods. I was actually kind of getting a cycle every 21 days and being exceedingly uncomfortable, pain, all of the above. So I was put on a, on a pill for about six months. It was a high estrogen pill and was told to sort of, you know, go away and see if that made a difference. So we did that for six months, came off it. But then sort of when I was about 18, it sort of kind of started to rear its ugly head again. And then that continued uh, sort of throughout my nursing training and when I was doing midwifery as well. But the actual word 
I hadn't heard until I was about 25 when I actually was doing midwifery, learning to be a midwife. Wow. So that was the very first time, 10 years of feeling in pain and constantly going through it. It's such a familiar story. Um, and you are exactly like me too. I remember, <laughs> mum, you took me to the GP and I would have been around about 14 or 15 and it was talking about periods and, oh gosh, I was embarrassed. It's like, I don't want to be talking about this. Well, at least I guess early one good thing was I didn't normalise period pain no. because I think I knew, I kind of in the back of my head, I always wondered if you would present with endometriosis and yes, you did. So 25 years old, you finally heard the word endometriosis. When did that come up in conversation? It was actually in a textbook and Ellie actually knows the story. It's a funny terminology in this textbook and it was a really small paragraph from memory. It was called the career woman's disorder, not disease, disorder. That's when I first heard about it. The next episode for me, this must have been about six months later, I guess, into the midwifery course. And I was doing a delivery with a lovely female obstetrician and this woman, this baby was just about to be born and, of course, this woman was in a lot of discomfort mm. and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I feel, you know, I feel really bad and I, I had really awful cramps and I suddenly thought I just need to actually sit down. So I actually had to step away from the delivery. Oh. The baby was born, <laughs> all was fine. And then afterwards, the obstetrician came up to me and she said to me, are you okay? And I said, oh, I've got really bad period pain. And she said, describe it to me. And I said, well, this sounds really awful, but it feels like I have barbed wire. I have knives stabbing me. And she just immediately said, it sounds like it's endometriosis. So come and visit me, make an appointment. And that's sort of kind of how we sort of got to a point of deciding all these year, years of pain and discomfort was, was, was endometriosis. Now, this would have been in the late 70s, early 80s. My timing's the, correct. It was actually the early 80s. What was yeah. the options when you went to the obstetrician? What did she say to you? Was there any mention of a laparoscopy or surgical oh. procedures or anything? Or Well, I had to sort of finish my midwifery course, which was 12 months. So I kind of sort of soldiered on as most people kind of tend to be a bit stoic in these situations. I had made an appointment to see her, but in the meantime... I actually fell pregnant with your brother. Yes. Which somehow, you know, just kind of happened. <laughs> Miracle child. <laughs> Miracle child that he was. And so, you know, being pregnant, I felt fantastic. I continued to work full time, shift work. And I worked up until about 34 weeks because mm -hmm. I felt so good. A week later... Of course, I had your brother at 35 mm. weeks, which is probably another little kind of indicator, sort of <laughs> something was not right. Mm. In between you and your brother, I actually had a miscarriage at about 14 weeks. And then I had you, you were fine, healthy, came out talking as we always mm. joke that as a family. You, you haven't been able to shut me up, have you, mum? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a family, family joke, that one. <laughs> then I think when you're about two, the period pain started to kind of come back again and I was back Back working night duty as a nurse and so I went back to the obstetrician and sort of said look you know we need to kind of see what's kind of going on at this point and so I actually remember coming off um, night duty having done three 10-hour nights 
sort of Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And it was a Monday morning and I had an ultrasound at the hospital. I was lying down on the bed. Anybody who's done night duty knows that you sort of tend to have this really kind of sort of seedy, awful, foggy sort of feeling after sort of having worked many hours mm. and lying down on the bed and thinking, oh, yep, <laughs> I could just go to sleep. And the technician came in. She wasn't very chatty I have to say and she sort of put the, the machine sort of had had a look and around and sort of she went oh and anyway she turned the screen to me and she left the room I actually remember having enough enough knowledge to know that what I was seeing mm. was two abnormally sized ovaries mm. the next thing I know was this team of doctors came in and with not even a hello Bedside manner was really non-existent those days. It's changed. <laughs> I hope, thank God, it's changed. This doctor said to me, have you had children? And, and I said, yes, I have two. And he said, well, I don't know how you have because you have actually got two orange-sized chocolate cysts on your ovaries. Oh. So I said, so that is endometriosis. And he said, well, it's more than likely that that's what it is, but you know that you need to have a laparoscopy for it to be confirmed. So um, within a couple of weeks, I had that laparoscopy, which ended up being a full-blown laparotomy because it was pretty extensive. So mm. we now classified as stage four, sort of, you know, deep infiltrating endometriosis plus chocolate cysts and all sorts of other things. Mm. And so that kind of got to be my formal diagnosis, I guess. Wow. What, what a journey you've been on, Mum. And I, you, we've spoken over the years <laughs> about this, but I didn't realise all of that was happening. And you have two young kids as well. There was Dad working full-time as a ranger. You're mm. working full-time as uh, doing midwifery and night duty. You're in pain. How did you manage? Well, I remember actually thinking at one point, oh, God, I can't let you and your brother see me walking around with a with a hot water bottle around my down my tracky pants um, and thinking this is really not you know this is not good so what happened after the first laparotomy I had some medication called Danazol which they still I think in some countries use don't quote me on that but that I reacted to badly mm. and ended up in hospital for a week or so and it took about 18 months for me to kind of get over that and then I decided chatting with the gynecologist at the time that I really wanted my life back um, and this was no form of existence so I needed to think about having hysterectomy and he he agreed to that and I know that today's gold standard is is that we don't do that but in my circumstance that what worked for me but of course then they also found that there was adenomyosis as well so it certainly changed my life having hysterectomy that was in my early 30s as as, wow. as you know so probably vaguely remember so young yeah but you know I needed to make a choice the choice about being a good mum to you and your brother mm. I also wanted to continue my nursing career as well I had to make a choice mm. It was probably a good choice because you did go on to work in the nursing industry for how long? How many years did you do? A long time. So I flipped from doing maternity work to becoming an oncology nurse, which uh, was great as well. Mum, she really is an amazing human. Trust me. I, I wish I could clone her. Um, and you've been so wonderful to me throughout my endo journey. Um, that diagnosis, which took many years I remember you'd be taking me to the GP and I'd be like, I don't want to go. I don't want to talk about periods. As I mentioned before, it's that embarrassing thing. And then you'd be pushing me to go to the GP and I'd be like, no, mum, I'm fine. 
that must have been frustrating. Sorry, I really should have listened to you. Well, I guess it was you're an adult. That's the thing. You had to make that choice. It all comes down to choices, doesn't it? I remember you were there when I woke up after my first laparoscopy with Professor Michael Cooper. And I'm pretty sure you were there in the room. Quote me if I'm wrong. I was slightly off of the pixies. But do you remember when Dr. Cooper told us all that it was stage four and describing how bad it was for me? Yes, I do. I actually do remember that because I think my first words to him were, it runs in my family. And he just says, yes. (laughs) And I remember thinking at that particular time, nothing has really changed and we need to make change. We need to create change that we needed to sort of find another diagnostic tool aside from a laparoscopy. And I guess that gave me the drive to support you through your endo journey and hopefully teach you to become your own advocate around your health issues. I hope I've hope done a good job. <laughs> I think you have, Mum. <laughs> well, it was from that moment that I got in contact with the team at Endometriosis Australia after I got that first diagnosis of stage four and got in t- contact with Donna and became an ambassador. And well, that was, I think it's coming up to 10 years almost. Yeah, it is. And then mum, you and dad have both been heavily involved with the team at Endometriosis Australia um, because you helped to put together one of the high teas in Canberra um, many, many years ago. You were the head volunteer for the ACT. And from that, you kind of were the driving force for getting endometriosis in Parliament. Yes. I have to actually acknowledge Donna's work and her friendship through all of this as well too. I think she's been an amazing driver behind Endometriosis Australia, as all of the team have, Jason, the board, everybody. So, you know, they've done an amazing job. But, yeah, we actually had, back in 2017, we had our first high tea here in Canberra. It was just a small one to begin with. And we actually had Gay Brodman, who was the member for Canberra at the time, to come and speak. I was watching Gay. She was writing notes. She was really interested in the other presenters on the day when she left she said I'm going to talk about this in parliament and I just sort of thought yeah okay that's fantastic and she said no I'm really going to talk about this and then she left so that was on the Saturday (laughs) and something really funny happened on the Monday I had a phone call an unknown number from Gay's chief of staff at the time and said can you quickly get to your computer or an iPad, Gay's just about to speak in Parliament on endometriosis. And I went, oh, my God, okay. Your dad was out the back cutting the lawn, trying (laughs) trying to get his attention because I sort of thought he'd want to see this moment as well. Absolutely. (laughs) So in he came with his gumboots and fire up the computer, sort of, yeah, plug in the iPad to make sure we had enough battery and stumble across Gay's speech which went for 90 seconds I remember turning to your dad and just sort of saying what just happened and sort of kind of feeling wow this is really good Mm -hmm. being a Canberran I think it's it's easy for me to understand the importance of what parliament does when Gay made that speech it really was a stepping stone for change we've got the speech here it goes for 90 seconds take a listen as former member for Canberra, Gay Brotman, introduces endometriosis to Parliament. Deputy Speaker, one in 10 women have endometriosis. That's one in 10 teenage girls 
skipping missing classes at school because of excruciating pain. That's one in ten young women being forced to take time off work for treatment and operations. And that's one in ten women living in fear of infertility. Unfortunately, these girls, these young women, these women largely suffer this insidious disease in stoic silence. Deputy Speaker, endometriosis is a disease where the tissue that is similar to the lining of the womb grows outside the womb in other parts of the body. Symptoms are variable, which is why there is usually a seven to ten year delay in diagnosis. Now, endo, as has been described, is a nightmare of misinformation, myths, taboos, lack of diagnosis and problematic hit-and-miss treatments overloaded or overlaid on a painful, chronic, stubborn disease. On Saturday, Deputy Speaker, I had the honour of giving the keynote address at the Endo March afternoon tea at Old Canberra House, which was organised by Endometriosis Australia. Endo sufferers and their families and friends donned yellow and gathered to raise funds for research and, most importantly, to raise awareness about this disease. Deputy Speaker, we have to keep having a conversation about endometriosis. We have to end the silence on this disease, Deputy Speaker. This is affecting one in ten women, young girls, young women in Australia every day. So that was Member for Canberra, Gay Brotman, introducing the word endometriosis to Parliament. And from that moment, Mum, it got the conversation going, didn't it? Absolutely. So we then had Nicole Flint come on board mm -hmm. and also Nola Marino. And Nola also has a daughter like me who has it, endometriosis. Nola gave a really heartfelt speech in the Federation Chamber, which mm. I think you and Dad were there for. I was there, yes. And I remember Dad and I like grabbing our hands and we both were kind of mm. like, wow, it really tugged at the heartstrings. And Nola is such a beautiful, passionate person when it comes to endo. She is indeed. She is indeed. And then a bit later on in the year, we had Nicole and Gay create the Parliamentary Friends of Endometriosis Awareness. Then we had the inaugural first meeting. Yeah. I remember that night vividly, Mum, because the Minister for Health, Greg Hunt, then walked on in. Greg came in and made an apology for those people who have battled endometriosis, which for apologies to go in and apologise is a big thing. He did. And the room just kind of, you know, we clapped and we sort of kind of cheered. And I think that there were lots of tears and it had been a long time coming. And again, a real sense of achievement. And then the very next day, the government decided that they would put together a national action plan for endometriosis. Which meant there was a whole bunch of funding going into research, and it really was a pivotal moment for the endo warriors in Australia. Absolutely. So it had there were medical group, community groups, you know, various stakeholders involved. We must actually remember that the National Action Plan, there is a review coming up at the end of the year, the mm. three-year review. So they need to make sure that they've ticked off all of these little boxes, um, which I think... They have, lots of them have, and that's a great thing. And make sure you get in contact with your local MP as well. Continue the conversation about endometriosis because we don't want to be forgotten about. That's, that's the thing with politics. You've got to stay top of mind. Now, Mum, other than everything you have done, you've also been an amazing support for me and you were always full of incredible advice. You should write an advice book. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on to that. We'll get in contact with the publisher. But would love for you to share some advice for mums with daughters with endo because you've experienced it with me. Yeah, I think it's a really important thing that mums feel well supported when their daughters 
diagnosed with endometriosis or, or if there is a possibility that they may have a daughter with endo. One of the things that really stood out for me, and I had never really thought of it when you were diagnosed, one thing that was said to me by someone was you should never feel guilty that Ellie has endometriosis. I never had ever felt guilty because you can't change your genes, not at this point in time. And I guess you just need to teach your daughters that they need to have as much information, accurate information that they can, possibly can about endometriosis. Go to reliable websites, find a medical clinician that they are comfortable with, chat to their schools, you know, feel supported and just make sure you're there and understanding because especially if you've actually had endometriosis yourself, things have changed. We've been part of Endometriosis Australia for 10 years and things, we can see things have changed. And I think that that as mums, we need to remember that. And we have a greater knowledge. There's a lot more awareness. And also, too, there's some really good tools out there for mums to use with their daughters. Ransog have brought out that rate tool. It's a raising awareness tool for endometriosis. It's for health professionals and for patients who, with endo. And it just helps to identify and assess their endometriosis pain. It's just something that you can use and take to your doctors, whether it be your GP or gynaecologist or whoever you might be seeing. Also to, I think, you know, documenting things with your daughters, um, you know, writing, you know, journaling, all of that sort of stuff yes. is a really good thing. And then also too, you know, I think we need to also remember the dads in this journey as well. You know, I think it's important that you need to include the dads Absolutely. and the brothers, and the brothers yeah. so that they have a, have a great understanding. And also, too, for mums, it's really important that you find your own tribe because probably when you went through it yourself, your friends didn't have a great understanding no. about endometriosis. No. And we just think of it as just, you know, just simple period pain. And I think when you bring the topic up of, I think my daughter might have it as well, you might find you kind of get a bit of a that negative reaction again. It's really important to find support for yourself and thank goodness we've got endometriosis australia where we can you know use the closed facebook group or you know there are other sort of various support groups around for you to to touch base with there is a lot of resources now too compared with well when you were young when i was young it really is as you've mentioned lots of changes happening and it continues to evolve and change if you do want more info about the ransgog rate you can check it out on the endometriosis australia website. Mum, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and openly talking about us. <laughs> it's a big thing. <laughs> it's great to be part of it, Ellie. So I think actually, Ellie, it's a really good time to end this podcast on this note, because I think for all of the endo warriors who have actually told their stories, I think it's an exceedingly brave thing to do because we know that Talking about periods in 2021 can still be a bit taboo for mm -hmm. some families and some cultures. But today I picked up this magazine out of The Australian and on the front of it is a photo of Amy Shark. And Amy Shark might be known to some of your listeners. Yes. Um, I can't say that I've actually heard very much oh, of her Mum, I need to get her across your mu her music. She is 
absolutely incredible. An Aussie artist who has got so many good songs out at the moment. Go and listen to Love Songs Ain't For Us featuring Keith Urban and it'll blow your mind. Okay, I will on the jobs to do today. But Amy talks about a quote that the Sony CEO, Dennis Hanlon, once said to her, you've got to be brave to put it out there. And I think, you know, to all of those who've told stories and including you, Ellie, you have done an amazing amount of work. And I just think, you know, it's, it's for stories like these, we need to tell these stories so that we get better care, better outcomes, and we make it a better place. Mum, a.k.a. Barbara Mobs, a.k.a. Nanny to your grandsons. Um, I'm just blown away to be able to have this chat with you. And thank you so much for everything that you have done for me over the years. Happy Mother's Day to you. But as I said, it's Mother's Day every day in my book. Yeah, well, I think that's something we've always said, haven't we, Ellie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as well to the team at Endometriosis Australia, we are so appreciative of what you and Dad, Chris Mobbs, have done to get endometriosis into Parliament. And we, we look forward to seeing what is in the future for the team here and for our Ende Warriors. Thanks, Mum. Thank you for having me, Ellie, and happy Mother's Day to all the other mums out there, whatever it may be and whatever it may mean to you. That was my mum, the beautiful Barbara Mobbs. And if you ever get the opportunity to meet my mum, Ask to sit down, have a cup of tea with her. She is an amazing human. During that podcast, she did mention several of the tools which you can grab on our website. So get to endometriosisaustralia.org. And while you're there, if you like, you could make a donation for Mother's Day. All of the money raised does go towards increasing recognition of endometriosis, providing endo education programs and providing funding for endometriosis research. We really do some life-changing work here at Endometriosis Australia. Thank you so much for listening again. And if you really did enjoy this podcast, make sure you give it five stars, leave a review, and I cannot wait to share with you some more goodness in the future when it comes to living with endo, the A to Z of endometriosis. Have a beautiful day. Take care. Bye-bye.